0: Welcome to the Everyday Mum Podcast. I'm your host Heidi Fitzpatrick, and this podcast is for mums everywhere. It's a chat between real mums sharing what works, what doesn't, how they do life, and how they fill their cup. It's often the little changes that you make to your everyday that have the biggest impact. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of The Everyday Mum. I'm really excited today because we're speaking to Sarah Grunwald and she's a new mum to Little Baby Girl called Indigo. And uh Indigo's quite little, so I'm really excited to have a chat to Sarah to see what's working and what's not because I haven't interviewed a new mum as yet. So and I know I've had lots of questions from new mums. So
1: welcome Sarah. Hi. How exciting are you? Exciting to be on my first podcast.
0: Oh, it's exciting. I can hear the baby's music in the background. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the
0: little <laughs> lullaby. I love it. That's good. That's I like the background music, setting the scene. It's perfect. <laughs> so tell me, how's it going being a new mum?
1: Um, well, I think when people ask me that question, I always say that it's far cooler than I ever thought it would be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I think I must have kind of set myself up to expect the worst, mm-hmm. But Indigo um, is just a really chilled-out, relaxed baby and it's just really a pleasure to see the world through her eyes. It's just loads and loads of fun. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's my—that's always my first response when people ask me that question and then they ask me about sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> she, I think she's pretty good. She... Um, she wakes up like twice a night. Um, but one surprising thing—it's just amazing how well you can function on such little sleep. Because yes. um, that really scared me before mm-hmm. before having her. I was like, oh, I love sleeping. Like whenever I had spare time, I'd go and have a nap. It was just my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that's also that also hasn't been as quite as bad as I thought. You obviously have your good days and your bad days, but in general, even if you've only had um five hours sleep. I just find getting up and getting out the house and moving is the best thing to do instead of dwelling on it.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's how you choose to look at things sometimes, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And when since having her, um, I mean, it sounds amazing, but have you had any struggles? Like has anything been, um, I mean, you've been pleasantly surprised, which is so good, but has there been yeah. anything that you've kind of gone, oh, this doesn't feel good or... Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I think one of the things that surprised me the most is um, feeling isolated. Yes. So I've got like a lot of family support, like quite a big family on both my side and my husband's side. Um, I've got a studio right across the road that I go to and work out all the time. I've got a cafe down the road that I go to all the time and I get out the house heaps, but I'm still – in my house by myself with a baby yeah you know Mm um 90% of the time and yeah I used to think when when mothers would say that I was like oh really I'm gonna be out here doing this doing that I'm not gonna feel lonely at all but it it no matter what you do you still do feel quite lonely yeah because I've I was working in a corporate job where I was with people every day you know eight to 12 hours a day yeah um and you really crave your own space then. Yeah. But now it's like I really crave that just an hour of social interaction that's not about the baby, you know, where you're having a laugh, having some gags.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um,
1: and, and some days, like, I really, really miss that and it's it's just really hard. It's just really shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally <laughs> there's, understand what there's, you no, there's no way around it. Like I'll go and, you know, I might work my business, do a blog or I'll, get the mat out and I'll do some exercise with her. I'll go for like the third walk of the day. But sometimes if you're lonely, you're lonely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right? And it is. It's, it's really – it is very isolating. even though you And even though you, like you go to the cafe and that, you're still kind of by yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's yeah,
0: like some, I used to be the same.
1: Mm, some days like even if you know the people at the cafe, it's like the most adult conversation you would have had all day is – Hey, how are you going? Can I have a soy latte? Yep. Yeah, my day is great. Yeah, not much sleep. Okay, bye. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah, it's just
0: surface <laughs> talk, isn't it? It's not. And yeah. And um, how does your husband go when he gets home from work? Are you like a little chatterbox?
1: Yeah, I started <laughs> yeah. off being quite talkative. I think. Yeah. Or just being, it's kind of hard because that time of day is when I'm really, really tired. Yep. And for the first two months, I just couldn't hold a conversation because <laughs> so I was so tired. I was just like, "Listen, I'm so sorry, I just can't talk." But now, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty conscious of it. I kind of let him walk in the door, wind down, yeah, you know, have some have some time to himself as well because he's a teacher, yeah. so he's with secondary kids all day. Yeah. Um, and then and then we'll kind of we'll kind of have more of a chat. Yeah, or do something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I was speaking to you before, my husband Trav's in a gym, works in a gym, so he'd get home and I would have been with the kids all day, as you said, I, you know, in my own little mm. bubble kind of thing, and he'd walk in and I'd be like, so, and he'd be like, oh, I've been talking to people all day. And it was that really adjustment. Yeah. And so I'd do exactly what you just said, you know, give him a bit of time to chill and then I'd go, bah, 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 which I still do. <laughs> yeah,
1: Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's just trial and error when you reach that space because a few times I'd get annoyed that you know he he didn't want to hear about my day or didn't want to play with indigo straight away or things like that but I think it's just um understanding things from both perspectives and it's really hard for dads too like absolutely they're they're often the ones working in a way um away all day Mm -hmm. um and then come home and you know, they're, they've they still got a 24-hour job as well. It's not just us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's true. You know, often we kind of look at it from our point of view, but that's absolutely true because they're still disturbed at night and stuff like that and, you know, got to get up and go to work and function in that space. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's exactly what you just said, though. The partners work 24 hours and the mums. So it's a big job. Motherhood's a massive. Parenthood, <laughs> I should say, is just such yeah. a big Responsibility, and I used to when I first brought Ella home from hospital. I used to look at her and thought, "Wow, I'm going to see you like every day for the rest <laughs> of your life. I'm responsible for this little person."
1: It's really weird. Like you'll um spend the whole time trying to get them to sleep, and they go to sleep, and then I like especially in those first few weeks, she'd go to sleep, and then I'd miss her when she was sleeping, and yeah. I'd like look through photos that I'd taken of her. <laughs> like (laughs) some obsessive idiot yeah it's just really bizarre you like crave like you're like oh I just need an hour just an hour you know and then like I finally get an hour Mm -hmm. but then I find it really hard to switch off that's probably another thing I've really struggled with yeah yeah I've always been um really good at just um putting things into little compartments and when I go do the other thing I'm there Mm -hmm. like I've I've usually been quite the majority of the time being quite present. But now I notice like when I go and do my own class across the road or something and I go to a Pilates session. For the first ten minutes I'm still thinking about her and home and what's going on. Yeah. It, yep. it's really hard for me to just be present in my body and just listen to what the instructor's saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and really get into the flow. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. Because um,
1: you she's not with you yeah it's 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 weird it's yeah. really it's really really weird and then sometimes if you're not thinking about her then it's like your brain's like oh finally you can filter all that other information that you haven't had time to think about <laughs> yeah and you're like no brain <laughs> I just want to be here and <laughs> enjoy this movement yep. so, yeah that's yeah that's another challenge yeah
0: no, absolutely, that's it. And tell me with um new mum, so you're a new mum, what would advice what, what what would be one of the biggest pieces of advice that you could offer someone that's just about to have a baby for their first baby or has just had their first baby?
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing is to really follow your intuition. hmm Yeah. Just and I mean if you're if you haven't had your baby yet, to really give yourself time to sink into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did and I've seen a lot of friends that haven't done that or they haven't had their partner supporting them in that way. Yeah. And um, their first go-to is to go on Google or, um, you know, read a book about this or about that and it um, creates, I think, a bit of a stress response mm-hmm. that they're not doing things right. Yep. Um, and I think I've always been a little bit of a rule breaker So I just decided I didn't care (laughs) and (laughs) um, really just decided to trust myself and it'll be fine and if I've got any questions, you know, I ask my mum or I ask another trusted female who I really respect who who is a mother Mm -hmm. um, and I listen to what they have to say about whatever I'm struggling with and then, um, you know, then I go away and have a think about it and decide whether I want to do that or not. But, yeah, trusting your intuition I think is is number one for me and I think um especially in this day and age where women are so busy um you know we're off earning money and we're doing this and we're doing that it's it's a really masculine world and we yeah. forget get to just trust our gut and trust how we feel yeah. and um motherhood for me and pregnancy really kind of made me come full circle and sink into that space and realize how important that is yeah and it, and I'm just so much I'm so much happier because of it and I'm my self-talk is way more positive than it ever was before yeah on most on most days and just I really I really like who I am now because I've sunk into that intuition I'm, I'm really proud of my body even though it's not the same as it was before mm-hmm. just I, I think a whole it just yeah, a whole heap of things change when you really sink into that space.
0: Yeah, I love that. You just said that really beautifully because I love that. And it's it's so true. When I first had Ella, she was eight weeks prem. I had preeclampsia. So she was really Mm. little and tiny and it was like, I can't do anything wrong and I need to read this and I need to read that. And then – by the time I'd, you know, read it all, and then I had the next one, it was the, the babies are totally different. And then the next one was different, the next, and you know what? They're all experiments and uh, they're different. Yeah, little people. that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And it's, you don't get a manual because it's an experiment and you're kind of just figuring it out as you go. And each baby's got their own little personality. And I think that once I started to do that, because in the beginning I didn't, I was so worried I was going to break this teeny tiny, mm. less than two kilo baby that I was like, right, oh, I've got to do this. And then once I realized, I was like, you're right. What was I doing? What was I thinking?
1: (laughs) And I think it also, um, if you really kind of go with, oh, well, how does this feel? How am I feeling first Mm -hmm. before the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? It helps you kind of tune into those um, little things your baby's trying to tell you. Yeah. Like your baby tells you what they want all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just whether you're listening or not. So I've had days where I wasn't listening and, you know, I thought she was in a pattern and I thought she should go to sleep at this time, but, you know, she was clearly unhappy. And then I kind of remembered, oh, actually, these are the signs. She's telling me she's not ready to go to sleep or she's actually hungry even though she fed 15 minutes ago. (laughs) I've just listened to that. It's like just because they say, you know, babies feed every two to three hours doesn't mean your baby does absolutely and things like that
0: yeah 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 I was yeah just they cried I fed them
1: pretty yeah much. me too
0: <laughs> are you thirsty okay let's try that first yeah. <laughs> it's gonna help my milk anyway so off we go it's come definitely. on yeah <laughs> and that five o'clock five to six o'clock when they just cluster feed
1: mm. and it's like I've been sitting here forever <laughs> on my chair yeah. feeding yeah, this baby sometimes it's really hard just to like sit there and be with that and Understand? You just have to. You just have to give them what they want, even though you're over it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. And you sit there, and I used to sit there and think. Oh oh, there's dust over there, I can see that, and I can see this. And, and then I talked to my husband about how could I invent a thing that I could hold the baby and feed it <laughs> while I was doing stuff. And then I was like, oh, hold on, listen to yourself, Heidi, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Sit down and feed this little baby because they're going to grow up and then they're not going to see you. won't need to do this. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, when I was uh, doing a little bit of stalking, as you do when mm-hmm. you're going to interview someone, you were an elite athlete before in your because yeah yeah children what kind of sport did you play
1: um so I played soccer
0: oh awesome. so yeah yeah since
1: i was since I was like eight years old,, yep. so I grew up in a family. I've got four brothers, mm-hmm. so I kinda had no choice but to my dad's a um soccer coach, yep. so I just kind of fell into fell into that kind of family sport and ended up being in the victorian Institute of sport um for as long as that was running, and TC, and then played in all the Victorian teams, and was really trying to make the Australian team. Yep. And then um, played for Melbourne Victory women's team when that that awesome. league you know, started. Yeah.
0: That is so cool. Um,
1: yeah. So most of, most most of my um, teenage years were spent chasing a ball around, training six seven days a week. Wow. Um, and do you miss it? Yeah. I really I really miss. Um, probably the competitiveness
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and definitely just like your teammates it's when you're in a team and when you're really close together it it really is more like a family it's not like the friends you have now yeah it's kind of like you can say anything you want to them and they'll forgive you for it (laughs) (laughs) um you can just be completely yourself when you're in a really good team yep um and that feels really great. And, you know, every training session you go to you're guaranteed to laugh 90% of the time and um, you work hard together but the playfulness is something that I really enjoyed and just catching up with your friends like every day because they're all you see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I really miss that.
0: Yeah, right. That's cool. That's That's – and – With, I mean, that's, it's, my husband is now coaching, uh, the under 12 girls football because Tilly's playing football and he's, so we're kind of back into the local footy club. It's like we've gone back to our teenage years. Yeah. And he's like, I'm complete. Like he goes, I love being a part of a footy club. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, yeah, it's a really nice feeling, isn't it? Yeah, like getting just, up early on a Saturday morning and you're down yeah. there like having a coffee and it's really cold and the kids are running around and you just get to catch up and chat with everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah and day, it's a really it? nice community yeah. feeling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. But what I was going to also ask you about was with your, when you're in elite sports and I read because, you know, will we'll get. I wanted to have a quick chat also about what you're doing now with your instruction and stuff like that. But you spoke about how you changed your mind. and I think that a lot of mums um even before you and I I started recording this today we were talking about you know it's how you choose to look at something sometimes what as an elite athlete were um some things that you noticed about mindset like what made you be able to how did you change your mindset to be elite to be amazing
1: oh that's a good question I think I could answer it a lot of ways but um I think just being obsessive, yep. with what I wanted, yeah um, the sacrifices didn't matter to me that much. I wasn't a normal teenager i didn't I didn't go out and I didn't go to parties yep. very much, and things like that. I didn't hang out at shopping centers yep. um, <laughs> but I think just, yeah, over the years, being able to just be obsessive and really um probably accept criticism really well Mm -hmm. too like there's there's always part of your um your game or your abilities that you need to be improving on and not taking that personally yeah yeah so just having that really good relationship with your body and mind like okay this is the this is the goal this is where I need to improve Mm -hmm. this is what I am really good at It, it was just really useful um To really be able to acknowledge where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are without feeling arrogant about it or overconfident about it um, or shit about the things you weren't that good at.
0: Yeah. And do you think that that that, um, I suppose training as a a teenager and being in that environment, do you think that that you brought that through into your career and stuff like that when you grew up?
1: Um yes definitely. Yeah. Um but sometimes in a really bad way because you are so um cuz I was so competitive I think like everybody is you know kind of white line fever. Mm-hmm. Um and you are kind of taught and you set yourself goal after goal without really um celebrating when you reach that goal it's like mm-hmm. okay done that what's the next thing. Yeah. Um so I kind of for a long time treated um the corporate job that I was in like that like mm-hmm climbing climbing this this ladder or trying to go up in pay scale without really stopping to think about whether that's what I really wanted and whether that aligned with my values Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um so I kind of felt that that was quite difficult for a while um and I probably I probably didn't stop doing that until about I think it was probably six seven years ago when my dad got cancer and Mm -hmm. that kind of made me really stop and think and be like is this really what I want right do, do I really want to be sitting in an office and earning lots of money but not enjoying my life like why am I trying to achieve this goal just because it looks good on the outside yeah yeah it just kind of threw everything up in the air and kind of made me reevaluate
0: yeah right. but yeah
1: so sometimes you can take that attitude that you need as an elite athlete you need to set goals you need to be relentless you need to be obsessive to to get to where you want to want where you want to go you need to sacrifice a lot of things like family time and catching up with friends or having meaningful relationships that mm-hmm. when I took that into the corporate world of my lifestyle that that just was not going to work
0: yeah wow it's really interesting just like sitting back and listening to you talk I think that that you know, being in the soccer and being in the corporate and all that, I think that's why you're now such a really beautiful, calm, connected mum because you, what you said before, you have gone full circle into where you need to be. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, like kind of connecting with that, I, something in pregnancy I really struggled with, um, which my doula really helped me with, was kind of connecting with that feminine side because mm-hmm. I've grown up in a male-dominated Dominated. family yeah. and, um you know the work my workplace was male dominated and soccer as a whole is male dominated mm. i really connected to thinking that being strong was like a masculine type of strong like you don't you don't cry and you know you have a thick skin and all that kind of stuff i never mm-hmm. really respected that um you can be vulnerable and that's still a type of strength yeah as well so i really needed those 9 months for well, almost ten months of being pregnant, yeah, um, to really connect. be confident and connect in that space as well, and that's something my um, my husband and my daughter were really supportive of as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that. I really love that because I find that hard with uh, running my own business. When you're doing stuff, you're in that um male masculine energy to get things done and to you know tick it off mm. really quick and then mm. you know I knock off at quarter past three and I have to you know take some really big breaths driving to school to pick the kids up because I've got to swap my energy I've got to then become yeah. the nurturer so and, and slow down because I was constantly saying hurry up hurry up come on hurry up yeah. Do you know what I mean and then I just yeah. listened to myself and I went hold on I've got to change this energy because Uh, they're kids, they're little, they're not, you know, I don't, I shouldn't be hurrying them. I need to take time here. So I find that hard to swap, I call it swap my hats. Yeah. It's, it's giving myself, I you know, drive slowly or I should be driving slowly anyway. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I, drive I find slowly. that hard too. Yeah, yeah, take
0: some breaths and just go, right, now I'm mum. I'm a mummy now. I'm not working, you know, and, and change. So, yeah, sorry, that, that um, uh, interview took a little bit of a, uh, you know, swing to the left. But anyway, we're back. <laughs> um now I was also going to ask you how do you guys manage home so how what would you say or how do you guys manage things like um cooking cleaning that kind of stuff what works for you guys at home at the moment with having a little baby
1: yeah so it's really it's really hard because (laughs) when you do have time um I don't I don't want to be spending my good energy on cleaning the house Mm -hmm. and it's just you know, and I don't want my husband who's working every day, I don't want him to come home and have to clean the house either. So the house is an, is a really low priority. <laughs> but I think that is why we um, get other things done, like we exercise a lot and have um, that kind of time for ourselves and to reconnect with our body and mind, which I think a lot of people struggle with. Mm-hmm. I'm quite happy to just go... Like, you know, I'll chuck on washing and stuff during the day and just do what I can in little pockets of time. But I'm quite happy to just go chuck it in the spare room and shut the door until I've got the energy for it.
0: I love that. That's good. Cool. I just,
1: I just, I can't, I can't focus on it and I can't get upset by the mess because otherwise, if I did, it's always going to be there. There's always yeah. something to clean and I'd never have any time to do the things that I really enjoy. Yeah. So I think we're both quite good at having that. Um, mentality towards cleaning, but yep. then eventually it does get out of control and we spend a whole Saturday cleaning. Yeah, but um, it's
0: better than every Saturday.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thing, I guess the thing that's really important to us is our food. Yep. So we decided a few years ago to go almost all organic. mm mm-hmm. um, So going to the market on the weekends, doing that is something that we really hate missing out on. Yep, the farmer's to- market. Um, we'll often go to Vic Market, oh, actually, to them. the organic yep. section. Yeah, it's just, yep. it's, just um, it's just easiest. Yep. We've tried a few different places, but that kind of seems the one that's easiest just to get everything.
0: Yeah, they have got everything there.
1: Yeah, so we make sure um, we we have a lot of smoothies in the morning. So Tim will always get up and do breakfast as he's getting ready for work, and always make me a smoothie as well, mm-hmm. um, which is so helpful. It just gives me a lot of energy when yep. I'm up. Yep breastfeeding in the morning and then I can just that's a really easy kind of grab and go mm-hmm. for me to have what I'm feeding her um so and then most days I will try and prepare something in the morning because my energy is so low by the afternoon mm-hmm. so when she kind of has her morning nap I'll try and at least chop chop everything up yeah and just chuck it back in the fridge and that saves loads and loads of time um when Tim comes home and you know you kind of have that tough afternoon phase, and you're really tired. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, we probably we definitely prioritise eating really healthy most of the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and preparing good food over having a clean a clean house and things like that.
0: Yeah, perfect. It, isn't it amazing? <clears throat> Excuse me, Mr Frog's in my throat. Isn't it amazing though how good food makes you feel good? yeah like it's just you know um i run the everyday mum detox so i work with mums and um because i've got a nutrition background so and oh, wow. you know we just yep. get them eating really really good food even just mm. for a week and you know cutting out things like gluten and dairy and alcohol mm-hmm. and coffee and that just for a week and people are like wow I'm sleeping better I've Mm. got more energy my mind's clearer and it's just the power that food can have over your body and you know people are so used to feeling lethargic and unwell
1: yes Yes. yeah and they think that they think that's normal yeah yeah and then and then um you know like going through detox or just changing your diet to eat healthier you know you have all those shit feelings that come up when you're detoxing Mm -hmm. so it makes it even harder to make a change so I think people who kind of really change their lives around from eating shitty crappy food to eating really healthy nutritious meals they've done an amazing job because it's such a hard mindset shift as well
0: oh absolutely and food real food tastes so good when you ditch all your packets because you can actually taste the food like you're so used to eating sugar and salt that when yeah. you, you know you eat some sweet potato and they're like oh that's so tasty it's so sweet and delicious you know
1: yeah I reckon it takes about 30 days yes. for you to realize how good veggies taste without adding heaps of crap to them
0: absolutely absolutely but it's it's exciting to see people do it and then like mums do it and then that filters down through their family to their children and it's it's just the change because often the mum is the gatekeeper to the family's health they're the ones you know that maybe has a little bit more time I'm not saying that's all the time um and I'm being quite general with this but uh they have that power to be the gatekeeper to everybody in the house's you know, how they're feeling and behaving and acting in that with food. And it's, yeah, it's great once they do it and then they go, hey, this was good, I'm going to keep going. It's, it's Yeah,
1: that would be amazing to see that change in people. And then I haven't looked into it much, but just um, food and gut health and its relationship to children and their behavior
0: oh it's huge it's absolutely, yeah I've, done, I've read a few yeah. articles
1: here and there about it
0: it's amazing um, I've got my third little girl Matilda she's um, anaphylactic to peanuts cashews and pistachios mm. and so she gets um eczema and all of that and then once you know I took her to the doctors when she was little and we realized that you know she was getting eczema and that and they're like oh this cortisone this this and I was just like I just can't I just can't put it all over a little body and yeah. I started um you know, coconut oil and stuff like that, and bathing her in coconut, rubbing it into her skin, and then that started to help. But the thing that uh, she has, she's eczema free now. The thing that made the biggest difference is kombucha and bone broth.
1: Really? And
0: Tilly, we brew our own kombucha. We have done for years. Beautiful. And um you know, the, the kitchen. You know, we've got the sourdough bug. he's His name's Drago. He's getting fed, and we make sourdough and stuff like that. But that it, healing Matilda's gut fixed her eczema and her behaviour. She's quite feral time.
1: <laughs> and that's I guess that's another example of you following your intuition and being like yes. actually no it doesn't feel right for me to put this chemical all over my little my baby like yeah. why would I do that there must be another way well like um, that.
0: that was that was exactly it I was like why am I going to put a chemical that's going to be absorbed into her bloodstream yeah. what's causing it like why is it there to start with you can't just tell me that that's how she was made it's something's yeah. creating that inflammation in her skin so you know so which just kombucha is, really helped it's so
1: interesting kombucha
0: really really helped and tilly loves it you know all of we i probably brew about two and a half liters a week and we all have it with breakfast. Everybody, and so six of us eat, have a glass every breakfast. I've never
1: brewed my own. I'd love, I'd love you to show me how to do it. Oh, I, I need a sco- I need a scoby, don't I? I will
0: bring you a scoby. Yeah, I love one. To, yeah, okay. We'll and a big Scobie. jar. A big jar. I'm going to teach you how to make it. Absolutely, because it's it's great and uh, so good for you too. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, our interview is just going great here. We're just having a chat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so tell me. Um, what are three things, so you've spoken about food obviously and you, you definitely move your body and you love to be outside and stuff like that. But what are three non-negotiables that you do for you but also as a mum to make you, to look after you? So a bit of like self-care, I suppose, it can be in any form, whether it's a bath or whether it's, you know, obviously eating good food and stuff like that. But how, what are the non-negotiables that you set to look after you?
1: Um, well, yeah, obviously it's the, it's the, getting like exercise and and eating healthy the majority of the time mm-hmm. um three non-negotiables Hmm. I guess for me to switch off I and to feel like I'm having some time to myself even though indigo still with me is I've started reading more yeah
0: good
1: and I used to be just addicted to like reading you know self-help books and mm-hmm big why and you know like yep. following all these people and listening to all that stuff but that actually wouldn't help me switch off but it would just made me feel like oh I should be doing this I should be doing that <laughs> yes. um, it would give me information overload and I'd feel quite anxious yeah so I started reading um thrillers oh um, yeah this by Lee Child it's this Jack Reacher series it's really crazy <laughs> and
0: then, if that's um, the one that's made into a movie
1: yeah, I think yeah, it is made into Risa. a movie. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched the movie, but yeah, I started reading them, and I just I read that before bed, and often in the morning, um, I'll just. That's probably another non-negotiable. Actually, is I just get out the house regardless, straight yeah. away in the morning. Yep. Regardless if I've had a shower, regardless. Yeah. Like, of whether I've eaten or anything. Yep. If I'm, if I'm not hungry, I just get out and I walk around the block. And then I go have a copy next door at the cafe, and yeah. I and I read my book. That's And awesome. I find just getting up and getting out, yeah, straight away, is non-negotiable for me. I, I don't care if I'm still like in my trackies that I wore as pajamas. I'll just put a hoodie on, <laughs> and I'll just I'll put a beanie on, and my hair won't be done. <laughs> I love that. I love and that. I you just know get that. out. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't care. Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of um, new mums. A common thing is I, I've been in the house all day. I can't get out, and I just I just don't understand it. Yeah, I'm just like strap your baby onto you in a carrier or chuck yeah. him in the pram and just get out the house. Go. Like you don't have to look good. No. Gosh, so yeah. No. yeah, yeah, getting that, out. Like yep. read my book. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I guess now I think of it, I've started following some because um, I've got time. Some things that I've always really enjoyed doing. So. I've started um, trying to teach myself calligraphy Ooh, and brush, yeah, brush lettering. Yep. And I um, find that and colouring in when I was pregnant. I had a colouring in book. Yep. It was, um, was really, really cool. It was really fun and my mind would just switch off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Indigo could be next to me or could, she could be asleep and I'd just really sink into the space of just, yeah, practising that is really fun for me. I love that.
0: That's cool. How are you teaching yourself? Like on YouTube? <laughs> I love YouTube. Um,
1: yes, yeah, so I've looked up a few YouTube videos, but mostly on Instagram. I started following lots of um, people on Instagram who who were writing these beautiful quotes. Yeah. And I just kind of take photos of them and then sit there and just try and try and copy it. Got myself some of the proper brush pens and, yeah, it's just fun. And then I'm, I'm trying to take that into my um notebook so when when I do a class I often write in my notebook all the exercises that the instructor taught in the class and my takeaway points so I started trying to um be more creative with how I with how I draw that on the page or how I write that on the page so it's just a fun little thing yeah that kind of takes me away makes me feel like I'm doing something for me
0: yeah that's cool I love that you've got some good non-negotiables you're like ah they're great ones I love the one getting out of the house that makes such a difference I totally agree with that just the fresh Mm -hmm. air and being out in the sunshine well it's true that this you know sad disorder so seasonal affective disorder is when it's dark and it's not sunny people get depressed because their bodies aren't producing the right hormones to make themselves Mm -hmm. feel good so yeah absolutely I love that and coloring in we color in with the kids actually we've got those little you know those books they were mindfulness coloring in i think they're called yeah they're so cool yeah they are cool we sit there and you know uh and then someone brought out an app where you could color it in on the app by tapping
1: it and i was like no 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 No, there's something about putting pen to paper and that yeah that feeling yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and now you said you just mentioned that you do classes um so you teach pilates classes
1: yeah so i'm a pilates instructor Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not teaching at the moment yeah um I stopped teaching probably in my last trimester, so I'm not sure even when I'll go back to actually teaching a class, maybe mm-hmm. the end of the year. Um, but I also now that Indigo is around three months, have found that I'm able to get to a lot of more classes for myself to build my own strength back up. So that's something I really enjoy doing, mm-hmm. um, something that's been a really humbling experience as well, realising how much strength I've lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I get to around anywhere between two and two and four classes a week at the mm-hmm. moment. Yep. And um, I've got a little book that I designed, and I often come back and write down um, what I learnt in that class, what my favourite exercises were, what the instructor did really well, what my takeaways are, yep. and I, I just come home and later in the afternoon I often spend some time thinking about the class and writing stuff down and thinking about what I can learn from it just so I've still got that kind of even though I'm not teaching I'm still got that active teacher mindset yep. of, how, of of learning
0: yeah like that. what's the book uh, called that you wrote
1: um so it's a notebook it's the Pilates playbook
0: yeah yeah
1: um so it's a notebook designed for Pilates instructors or yoga instructors um, Yeah probably other fitness professionals as well, that just helps. It's like a class planner, mm-hmm. but it also really helps. I know as a Pilates teacher, you've got to go and do a lot of hours when you're doing your teacher training of observing classes. Yep. So it's designed to help people think a little bit differently, like think beyond the exercises, think more about like body language um, that you use as a teacher, your kind of unique teaching style, and it kind of helps people tease all those little things out. Mm-hmm yeah
0: yeah that's good and where can can people buy that online or how can people
1: yeah they can on my yeah, website
0: yeah, yeah. What, what's that website called
1: um so my website is nomadpilates.com.au
0: awesome all right well hopefully some people that are listening check it out and uh yeah buy it if they're instructors and yoga instructors i know that i've got a lot of earth moms listening to this so that and an, another uh lady that does teach yoga so You know who I'm talking about. Jump on and have a look. (laughs) So that's great. Well, thank you so, so much for talking to me. Um, This has been such a good chat and it's just uh, – just seem like such a beautiful soul. I love talking to you. I'm really grateful for you taking the time to talk to me.
1: Thanks, Heidi. It's been really nice
0: awesome all right well good luck with little indigo maybe we can catch up again in a year and uh, see how the one-year-old toddler's going (laughs) (laughs) and how life's changed from this episode (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love it that's great but thank you again sarah appreciate you coming on today pleasure for more inspiration interviews recipes tips and tricks to help you thrive in this crazy mess we call motherhood head to wellnessmummy.com